We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com to start winning. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me as always, Jack Manuel. And Jack, we are recapping the Nets' first preseason game of the season. They got the dub, 123-97. Missing a lot of stars, obviously, in this one, but still good to beat the Lakers. How are we feeling, Jack? Four hours sleep. I'm ready for preseason overreactions. Commitment, commitment, commitment. That's what we love to see from you, Jack. Obviously, waking up, watching the game. We appreciate it. But as always, you can find the buzz on all streaming platforms. And Jack, I guess right off the bat, what stuck out to you in this game? Is any player just pop off the page in preseason game one? Oh, I mean, it's killer cam, Nick. Uh, he was just absolutely incredible. You know, the the tweets are flying aplenty. We, talk, we spoke about his media day, him sort of saying, yeah, I know it's going to be a fight for me, but I've got the mentality where I'm going to get those minutes. And yes, the guard depth is there. And, you know, he has a skill set that probably overlaps with the superstars. But he was absolutely incredible, taking in the form that he had as the Summer League MVP into the preseason. You know, the level. And I think there, there's question marks about all rookies, you know, playing preseason basketball. Because, yes, despite the fact that you mentioned, Nick, the, the superstars, you know, weren't available and stuff. But, you know, you still had Baysmore, DJ, Taylor Horton, Tucker, Kendrick Nunn, Anthony Davis, you know, Dwight Howard, Wayne Ellington, Malik Monk. These Other guys NBA are NBA players. All NBA players. And Cam Thomas lifted his game and then some. This was. Another masterful performance from him. But, you know, you could go down basically every 12 active players, all of, all, of all the 12 active players, and, and probably have some positive takeaways from it. But, yeah, like Bruce Brown's three-point shot early really looked really sharp. Um, to Day one sharp, maybe even. Uh, two of two from there. So, yeah, a, a lot of really positive takeaways, Nick. You know, obviously the, the Millsap hive continues to grow. I mean, <laughs> We might have to do a, a long 45-minute one on a goddamn preseason game because that's just what, the way this game was. Yeah, let's stick to Cam Thomas. Like you said, Jack, 21 points, 7 of 14 from the field, 1 of 3 from 3, 6 of 7 from the field, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. You know, he's just a guy that 
can score the basketball. It just instantly kind of pops off the page. You know what I mean? He's just such a smooth basketball player. It's just kind of fun to watch him play out there. You know, during this regular season, who knows what he's going to be like in the rotation. But even in garbage time, it's going to be fun to kind of watch him put up those highlights. So I'm really excited with what Cam Thomas did. And it's applying a little bit of pressure on Steve Nash to find him minutes. Obviously, there's no guarantee for one preseason game. 22 minutes doesn't really mean anything. But the fact is that he instantly just came on the court and looked comfortable and looked like he was supposed to, he was doing what he was supposed to do and that score the basketball. As he said, post-game, Nick, scoring is scoring, honestly. I don't know why people always think stuff can't translate. I think scoring is scoring. If you can score, you can score. It doesn't matter who you're playing against. And he certainly translated again, Nick. And it was the fact that you can get one of the great scorers in modern NBA history in his little mustard hoodie, sweatshirt, and sweatpants off his seat. With that sidestep, his footwork is absolutely incredible. He got to the line... My favorite shot was when he drew the contact. And he, look, the footwork wasn't like, you know, Giannis quick and, or strong or whatever, but it was just composed. That sort of mini sort of Euro step finishing yep. off contact um, it was great. I also liked that there was a, some nice ball movement and he was attacking off on, on closeouts really well. So just little things that we, you know, we probably saw glimpses of in, in some league, but, you know, to... He, the scoring was obviously translatable, but the nature of the scoring. You know he's going to get, like, the, the the elbow jumper with incredible footwork. Yep. Made Wayne Ellington look like a goddamn traffic cone out there. Um, it was an absolutely incredible game for him. And, yeah, he's going to be making Steve Nash uh, have some tough decisions because I can absolutely see Nets Twitter and Nets fans exploding if they see Javon Carter getting minutes or DeAndre Bembry or whoever else getting minutes uh, ahead of our guy, Killer Cam, because... He is a special talent, Nick. Yeah, like you said, Jack. I mean, even the bucket early on against were Anthony Davis, where Anthony Davis kind of poked the ball. He regathered himself off balance kind of at the end of the shot clock. Like, that's just like a shot that scores make, and that's kind of what he is. Like you said, it's going to be really interesting for the other things. How does he complement the other stars? Because during the regular season and during the postseason – it's going to be around Kyrie, James Harden, and Kevin Durant and these other guys. Like, how can you kind of complement them and play those different roles, like you said, Jack? You know, coming off closeouts, passing the basketball defensively, that's all things that we have to kind of keep a close eye on moving forward. I think the scoring is pretty apparent. Obviously, again, still one preseason game and obviously summer league, but it looks like he's going to be very comfortable just because it's so natural to him scoring the basketball. Next, I'd like to hear your com your response to Steve Nash's comments post game. He said, "Well, we'll see about the rotation. We've got a lot of veteran guys on this team, got a lot of scoring punch in this team, so we'll see. It's a tough ask for a young player, but we love him. We think he can develop into a very good player, but I don't want to get ahead of it. Is he temporary expectations? Is he trying to put a lid on it, or does he genuinely think uh, th there's a part of me that thinks this could be a Bruce Brown situation 2.0 in a lot of ways, or it's just like we've got a guy who can just do so much, and ultimately, I think talent just wins, Nick. You, you just put out guys and they figure it out. I think Cam Thomas is a guy that you know he'll he'll probably make some mistakes and such, but you know you want him to sort of learn through it, and he's going to make up for it with all the the great things and great skills that he does possess. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting situation. I think given where the Nets are and what they want to do and championship aspirations, 
counting on a rookie in a situation like this can be a little bit tough. So I think, you know, Steve Nash is kind of tempering expectations just because he can't lock him into the rotation. And like, if you look at who is going to definitely be in the Nets rotation, you have Kyrie, you have KD, you have James Harden, you have Patty Mills, you have Joe Harris, all kind of offensive minded players. And even just alone, Patty Mills, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, that's sucking up a lot of minutes at the one and the two. And obviously that's most likely where Cam Thomas would play. So I think he's going to get the opportunities. I don't know if it's going to be right off the bat, right off rip, or it's going to be maybe an injury, someone getting rest, whatever it is. He's definitely going to make Steve Nash think about it. But I think there's still an argument that other players maybe could compliment them better just because they're more dirty work-esque. But like you said, you know, talent does win out in certain situations. But this is also an extremely rare situation where you have three of the best scores in the NBA on the same team. And, you know, some literally some of the best three-point shooters in the NBA on the same team. So it's like... Cam Thomas is kind of almost a luxury right now. It's all right. He's going to cook Drew Holiday in a couple of days, and <laughs> you'll be on the bandwagon, Nick. Killy Cam bandwagon. Continues. I have a lot of confidence in what he can develop into. I just don't know if he's going to be able to surpass other guys, especially in Steve Nash's book, given that, you know, sometimes he likes to lean with the vets like we saw last season. Yeah, maybe Killy Cam is an Achilles. Maybe he's just like, you know, an assaulter. He's the <laughs> Killy Cam. He's, he's doing a couple of good things. He's doing an immense amount of good things. And, you know, the, the hive continues to grow. I just love what he brings. I love his mentality. His shot making is obviously incredible. Love his, he, he just has a, a level of confidence and swagger about him. You know, he's at the NBA level. He belongs here. He, he knows he belongs here. And he's going to be in the NBA for a very, very long time. Can't wait to see him do this in, in regular season mode, maybe postseason mode even. Um, he's continuing to flourish. And, you know, there were any doubts on him. And, uh, I mean, he, he even had some defensive plays today as well. And he got a block and that turned that into a transition three. Um, he is a, an absolutely masterful player. And pick 27, man, scary hours, scarier hours, scariest hours. Talking about the big three, and then you had Paul Millsap and all this sort of thing. By the way, we got a guy in the draft who was one of the best scorers in freshman college history, and he brought it in against a, a, a title-challenging team. And he was doing it. He wasn't doing it in the junk time, Nick. He was doing it, he did it early on in the game. As soon as he touched the basketball in the first thirty seconds. Yeah, I was like, oh, I can't. I'm like, there was a part of me that's like, oh man, AD is gonna cook him here. And he's just like, ah. Oh. And he said that after the game, he's like, yeah, that's chill. I practice. I'm like, dude, what don't you practice? You practice like one-legged fadeaway threes. You practice guys. Uh, he has, he has a bag, man. Like yeah. the, the bag is deep. He's just a basketball junkie, it seems. Like a guy that just spends a lot of time in the gym. You know what I mean? Like just shooting around, having fun. Kind of almost Kyrie-esque in terms of just the weird shots that he has in his bag and he feels comfortable taking. So really excited for him. And he, it was a great rookie preseason debut. Like we said, 22 minutes. So take it with a grain of salt, see what happens. But again, like you mentioned, Jack, I thought it was promising because it was against Kent Bazemore. It was against Anthony Davis, Talon Horton Tucker. You know what I mean? Guys that are actually going to probably play for the Lakers. Even DeAndre Jordan's probably going to play for them. So... It was some solid minutes for Cam and a promising start. Got to build off of that and kind of work up your trust and continue to work on the small things like Steve Nash mentioned. Big things to come. But, uh, Jack, what do you think of Javon Carter today? Uh, obviously, eight points, got the start, three of nine from the field, two of four from three, you know, two assists, one rebound, three turnovers, kind of just almost like a complimentary guard today. Complimentary, but 
probably wasn't the most complimentary at the same time. You know, he hit yeah. a couple of three balls. I, I, that's something that I'm, I'm always really happy with because, you know, his form is always really good. These, his efficiency is always really good from there. But he didn't really add much else. You know, yeah. I don't think his facilitating was great. I, I think his defense was overshadowed by Bruce Brown, DeAndre Bembry, and Kessler Edwards even. So I think that this was... A subpar performance from Javon Carter, but I have high standards for him. I know um, a, a lot of people, other Nets fans and Nets Twitter are probably a little bit lower on him, but I'm, I'm high on JC. You know, I, I remember seeing reporting of him, you know, being like a, a Bruce Brown replacement if we were to lose him. He has good qualities. He has, you know, all, all the skills and such there. He he was guarding guys 94 feet in a goddamn preseason game. But at the same time, if you're, putting, if you're starting a lineup with Bruce Brown, Javon Carter, DeAndre Bembry, Look, it's going to be tough, tough to find. Tough to find the level of you know spacing and where your skill set. Those guys have an overlapping skill set in a lot of ways, but you know he did enough. I think the three ball was the the thing that did stick out. Yeah, I think uh, like you said, Jack, in this situation, he's just better off as like an off ball guard. You know, occasionally can make a shot, make a play, knock down a couple threes, spend that energy defensively. So not the most ideal situation for him, but kind of good for him to get some reps and see what the Nets have there. And in most situations, he'll be playing next to Kyrie, James Harden, Patty Mills, or even Kevin Durant, just somebody who can kind of take some of that playmaking load off him because he's just better off being either, you know, a secondary guy or just kind of playing off ball. Yeah, I, I think that we saw that probably with Clax as well. Guys that will yep. fit better in superstar situations. I do rather having the burden of having to create for themselves or just you know enact plays on both ends of the floor when you know the skill set is a little bit greater when the rotation uh, is a, a little bit more shallow. So I think that it wasn't the best game from him. But Nick, that three ball from Bruce Brown looked nice. Yeah, too early on in the first quarter, looked very comfortable. I thought Bruce in general in this game looked very comfortable handling the basketball. Probably the most he's ever looked like a natural guard in a Nets uniform. Obviously, it's preseason, so grain of salt, stuff like that. But even the drives, the slashing a little bit, handling the basketball. I just thought a really nice game from Bruce. 12 points, 5-9 from the field. And like you mentioned, 2-2 two two from 3, 3 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal. Obviously, still bringing some physicality in preseason, too. How much? How many good things can you say about Bruce Brown? Nick? Uh, I think we've got, you know, it's like the the SpongeBob thing where he gets the list and the paper just keeps going and going and going for days. And Lil Nas X gets on at the MTV Awards, the paper just keeps going and going and going for days. And we saw point guard Bruce Brown today in in a way where it reminded me of a podcast we did last year or two years ago. Uh, sorry, two years ago, where Bruce Brown destroyed us at the point guard yeah. position when he was playing for the Pistons. His ball handling looked really tight. Uh, I, I thought his handle looked really, really good. Um, you know, the facilitating, you know, obviously only two assists, but, you know, had just good actions with the, with a lot of the big men, um, and the three ball looked good. You know, floater from, like, the free throw line. Yeah. Those were the deepest floaters I've ever seen. I'm like, he's going to take this floater, isn't he? And he took it. I'm just like... My God, that like splashed like um, no one else. One of the best floaters in the game right now. Um, he was really, really good. Um, one of the standout performers today. And um, the fact that he's able to diversify his skill set in a way that to accommodate the team's needs is just speaks to the character uh, and the just the general skills and um, the bag. I guess Bruce Brown does have you know in his in his arsenal. Normally he's like you know playing a big man role, but you know obviously the Marcus Aldridge and Paul Millsap um, were in the front court, but he still continued to just do what he does while also adding the three ball, which I think looked the was probably the biggest sign and the biggest takeaway because. 
the form looked great. Uh, he was taking them from like above the break, you know, yep. closer to above the break than the corners. So much tougher three-point shots in the nature of them. Uh, and the form uh, and, and the mechanics look just a bit crispier. Now, obviously, you know, it's about making consistency from that. But I just thought it was a, a really, really nice game. The best of both worlds from Bruce in my eyes, Nick. Yeah, I think going into the season, we talked about, is there potential for him to take a jump as a player? And I think you saw some improvements, again, similar to Cam Thomas. We're talking about 25 minutes of preseason action, but still really promising stuff because he was doing it without the stars out there. And then just some of his other skills just always stick out. His ability to kind of move without the basketball and find that open space. You saw him have some nice connections with like Paul Millsap and LaMarcus Aldridge, just kind of moving around and passing the basketball. So I was really happy with Bruce Brown, like you mentioned, Jack, and hopefully can kind of continue to build on this and develop his game even further. But like I said, I really thought he had some nice chemistry with the veteran bigs in Millsap and Aldridge, even though he obviously doesn't have a ton of reps with them. Just kind of a good vibe for what they're trying to do. Yeah, a lot of good handoffs, a lot of good screens. You know, yep. you can see them. I, I didn't think that I would be as high on the Millsap and Bruce Brown connection and, and lineups, but there's a part of me that's like, damn, that looks good. There's, these guys are just really smart, heady players. Yep. And both of them like really showcased that today. And We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I guess it leads into Paul Millsap, Nick. I thought he was awesome today. You know, a double-double for him at two blocks of steel, two or four from three as well. Um, he was – I thought he was one of the Nets' better players. Yeah, I mean, kind of as advertised and probably a little bit more. Obviously, there's a lot of talk about him being washed in Denver. I thought he moved pretty well for at least his age. And then I think just the basketball IQ stuck out offensively, defensively, you know, defensively, just kind of understanding angles and where to kind of rotate on the floor and just have an impact on – the defense and then offensively just kind of making the right pass, setting a little screen here or there. You know what I mean? Just really high basketball IQ. And it seems like he's going to get along super well 
with, you know, the big three and playing like a playing with a guy like James Harden, some of the others, you know, smart basketball players on this team. So Paul Millsap seems like he's going to be a really, really good fit. Again, like everybody, I'm going to keep saying this preseason, 18 minutes, take it with a grain of salt, but promising signs early on from Paul Millsap. And considering that Claxton didn't really pop off, like you wonder is like, maybe there's more competition for those rotation spots for Clax. Like, obviously I'm a big Clax supporter, but if Millsap is consistently performing, he definitely provides you more reliability. Look, you can't teach IQ, Nick. You can't yeah. teach basketball smarts, as he sort of alluded to. And yeah, obviously he's 36, 37 years old, but he's just, he moves, he has smart movements. You know, he yep. knows where to be. He knows where to close out to. He, he, his positioning is flawless in a, in a lot of respects. So, um, and I just think that the nature of the, the Nest defensive system, as well as their offensive systems, is going to bring out the best in Paul Millsap. You know, our guy Matt Brooks at Nets Daily um, had an awesome video on YouTube breaking down and, you know, he's probably the, the head of the Paul Millsap hive. You know, I'm joining in also that hive as well. Also, for Blue Wire Pods too. Shout out for another Brooklyn Nets podcast. Absolutely. The, if you if you aren't listening to us and if you're listening to us, you'd better be listening to Matt Brooks as well because the Nets podcast hive at uh, Blue Wire is continuing to grow and plenty of Paul Millsap talk there too. But yeah, I thought he had a, a really nice game, Nick, and it made me uh, even more optimistic about what his fit is going to be like going forward yeah. because uh, I know I wouldn't have been as as high as a on a Paul Millsap and the Marcus Aldridge sort of situation. But I'm like, okay, these guys fit okay. Don't know how translatable it might be in the, the regular season. But the, the rebound is something that did stick out um, in, in a big way to me, Nick, because the Nets haven't been a good rebound, weren't a good rebounding team at all last season. And I think that seeing Paul Millsap get four offensive boards as well as 10 total uh, rebounds um, is just something where it's just like, man, he, what is it? He might not be, you know, incredibly elite at anything, but he's pretty good, if not very good at a lot of things. Yeah, I think that's a perfect way to describe him, Jack. He's pretty good at a lot of things. Like, he's not an elite three-point shooter, but he can knock them down. You know, he can rebound the basketball when you need him to. Defensively, he's not a defensive player of the year guy, but he's a good defender. So, just in, there's just so many different roles he can fill for the team. It's like, okay, the team needs help here. Paul, Paul Millsap could probably help in that area. As of now, Nick, what would you say his chances are of, of earning a starting position? I mean, it's not off the board. I think it really depends on what angle Steve Nash is kind of looking to take with the rotation and playing two bigs. I think he alluded to after the game that that's not something they necessarily do a ton. But, you know, there might be situations where they do do it. So I think I feel more confident with him being probably part of the rotation on a regular basis after seeing him. But again, obviously one game. But these are things that we knew could be the case if he was brought into town. He's really showcasing them and how he could be just a really good fit with the stars. Like, obviously, no Kyrie today, no KD, no James Harden, no Joe Harris, no Patty Mills, no James Johnson. And, like, there's some of those guys, obviously, could complement or be complemented by, you know, Paul Millsap really well, just because he's a very smart player, like you mentioned, Jack. Yeah, incredibly smart. And, you know, it's going to be... It's a good problem to have, as we've spoken about. And if you want like you know, a bit more of a deep dive onto the, the bigs position and a bit of analysis yep. on that, Nick and I have done a, a podcast preview on all the, the positions, wings, bigs, and guards. And, and the bigs one was a lot of fun. And you know, having him and Blake together, you know, just have options is, is, and versatility is going to be a, a massive weapon and luxury to have. It There's going to be... A, 
a new identity to this Brooklyn Nets team in, in certain ways that I think is going to only enhance them uh, in, in a lot of ways. It's not going to detract from them in any ways. You expect them to be a, a better team. You know, the, uh, Paul Millsap adds to the Nets' defense in a lot of yep. ways. Uh, he adds to the Nets' rebounding. You know, Obviously, the Marcus Aldridge returning adds another really quality big in the rotation, a, a good rebounder, obviously great mid-range shooter. Um, so I think that the, where the Nets are at right now uh, is a, a, an absolute luxury. Yeah, I think even just the three guys we've really talked about in Javon Carter, Bruce Brown, and um, uh, Paul Millsap just bring a different level of like toughness and energy and grit too to the team. You know what I mean? Like they're they're typically guys that are willing to kind of get into it or play with a little physicality. So I think that's another edge kind of adding to the team a bit with a guy like Millsap and a guy like Carter. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And another guy who does that too is DeAndre Bembray. You know, he plays with a lot of energy, makes some of those hustle plays out there. You know, he kind of just looked like the player that you thought he was going to be. You know, eight points, two or three from the field, oh, one from three, four of eight from the free throw line. Obviously, nice getting eight attempts, but you got to hit more of them. Five rebounds, two assists, no turnovers. Just kind of that pure energy guy playing with some defense, playing with some effort, not super offensively skilled. His perimeter defense today, though, Nick, was maybe like a highlight. You know, yeah. and, and maybe the best of he might be our best perimeter defender in a lot of ways you know, that possession where it was him and, and David Duke um, Jr but you know forcing and, and putting the, the Lakers in goddamn clamps and in jail you can just see that happening in the regular season where DeAndre Bembry's guarding some you know, quality guards or some you know decent sized wings whether it's Jason Tatum or whether it's a Trey Young or whatever it's it's hard to, to deny this guy. You know, he just has a hustle. Looked good in some of the training camp videos that we've seen too. Yep. Had um, that like it, um, hezzy dunk in there. Yeah, look, it, it, his offensive game doesn't need to be there. Like it, it, We saw Bruce Brown thrive last year, and we know the limitations that he has offensively, and he might not even have as many of those limitations anymore. But John Bembry, it's going to be hard to leave him off this roster, Nick. Really, really hard. But at the same time, you know, there's just so many bodies and so many mouths to feed. Um, it, it's it's going to be a, one of the tougher decisions for Sean Marks to make. But if you're judging off today's performance uh, and, and you're going, okay, well, what can this guy give to us in the regular season, maybe in a postseason? You know, what can he do uh, that will fit in this roster? He does a lot. Yeah, he really does. I mean, I think you could see a role for him on a championship team. You know what I mean? That's just not to say that he'd be a guy that played a lot in the playoffs or in the finals or anything like that. But for like two minutes of coming and rough things up and play good defense, he's a guy you can count on. Obviously, the guy he's going against is uh, Sekou Demboya. Jack, obviously, I wasn't able to watch a ton of the second half. What did you think of Sekou and how did he look kind of in comparison to DeAndre Bembray? You know, he looked nice. The athleticism was there. Nice, nice rebounding. I thought, you know, he he looked like a, a good athlete. Eleven points. I uh, had four boards. Had an assist. Had a steal as well. Got to the line a lot. The, there was. It looked like Seiko was just a, a bigger version of DeAndre in a lot of ways. Cleaning up a lot of the the misses and the mess um, from you know some of the backups. You know, whether it was you know Dayron Sharp or whether that was David Duke or, or whoever else it was. But he, he looked nice out there. And, I thought that just his, uh, he had a good energy to him. And, and, mm-hmm. I, and I think that Steve Nash pointed out, you know, a lot of the guys like DeAndre Bembry, Sekou, Daron Sharp, you know, they haven't got the, the the most of runs during training camp because we've seen, you know, a lot more sort of film from guys uh, that are, are likely to be in the rotation. But, you know, what they did in, in that last quarter, you know, 39 to 16 in, in the final period. Yeah, it is junk time, but... The, the, he, he proved that he has some NBA-level talent. He proved that he can 
give you sort of fit energy sort of skills uh, that you want out of a role player. Um, So I thought he he produced it at a pretty decent level. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of match up and kind of what Sean Marks values for that last bundle on the team. And maybe it's somebody else ends up getting cut. Maybe it's Siobhan Carter. I don't think it's going to be just given the, the depth of the roster, but I wouldn't be super surprised if that ended up being the case. But another young guy in a two-way contract, Kessler Edwards, obviously nine points, three of eight from the field, one of four from three, four offensive rebounds, five total and two assists. I really like what I saw from Kessler Edwards. I thought in the preseason game, he looked very comfortable like an NBA player. The length kind of stuck out and you could just see him developing into a really nice three and D player down the line with even maybe some added bonus of like energy and hustle plays. Yeah. The Kess express was in full force today. Nick. You know, <laughs> yeah. I really liked the the floater that he hit as well. Yeah. You know, the non three follow through. Yeah. Really nice follow through incredible length to him. The three ball that he did hit, you know, we were chatting a little bit off wax. Looked like he had a bit more bounce to him. You know, when we analyzed the the drafting in the summer league and such, we sort of talked about how Kessler Edwards three. We um, we've analyzed Kessler Edwards three point four probably more than any other part of his game. But he looked like he was getting a little bit more lift from the lower half of his body, which is what you want. You want to get that rhythm. You want to get that flow from there. To look pretty good though. Um, I think that that's a, a real positive sign. As you mentioned, you know, did a lot of other things defensively. Goddamn menace out there. Um, to have him on a two-way, to have that luxury um, and, and to just continue developing him behind the scenes um, with the, the Nets coaching stuff, you can already see, you know, based off, you know, from game one of summer league to game one of preseason, the growth that he has shown. Yeah. Uh, he looks like an NBA player. You know, pick 41, another goddamn steal from Sean Marks. Uh, excited to see what this kid can turn into. Yeah, I really liked him what I saw there, and obviously it's still one game, but I thought he did enough to kind of prove that that two-way contract was worth it and that he could turn to somebody who could have value during the season and playing a couple games here or there when guys are out or whatever it might be. So really nice start for Kessler Edwards, and maybe it's the Kyle Korver impact on the three-point shot. Maybe he's kind of starting to help him work on that and get it a little bit cleaner. So really happy with him. Jack, what would you think about the game from David Duke? 13 points, 4-9 from the field, 1-2 from three, 4-7 from the free throw line, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, uh, 3 steals. You know, David Duke popping off a little bit in the steal category. Yeah, I thought it was great, Nick. I think he belongs on this Nets roster. Yep. Uh, I, I really, really do. And, you know, he... The, it, it, I think he was finding a little bit of his rhythm early, but then he, you know, he got his feel into the game pretty quickly. You know, saw the ball go into the basket. And, you know, the three ball looks nice enough. Um, he just knows how to do a, a lot of different things. You know, he's guard Millsap in a lot of ways. You know, he just yep. does. He can pass the ball. He's, he's like I said, the defense from him. You know, if it wasn't DeAndre Bembry, it was David Duke Jr. I think this guy deserves the other two-way, Nick. I'm, I'm going to put it out there. I, I think he, yeah. he he thoroughly does it. An undrafted player, uh, the, the scanning from this Nets team continues to be an uh, absolute goldmine. Um, he was he was good in not only the, the closing moments of the game, but when the game did matter and David Duke Jr. was out there, um, he was playing quality high-level basketball on both ends of the floor. So uh, I'm a big David Duke Jr. fan. I want nothing but good things for the kid. Um, and I think if he continues to, continues to produce like this, um, he's got to force the hand of Sean Marks and give him uh, a contract to sign soon enough. Yeah, I think he was the favorite going to training camp to get that other two-way based off what he did in summer league and the skills that kind of popped out and being that all-around type player, you know, that 3 and D type that can really be a role player at the NBA level. And again, like you said, kind of continue to push towards that. Just plays with a lot of energy and effort. I think he had something at the end of the game saying, no matter if I'm an all-star or a two-way player, I'm going to play the same way. 
Yeah, and that's what you want. You want the guys to just play their natural, instinctual basketball. You know, that's exactly what Cam Thomas did, you know, with his style. So I think that what Sean Marks is clearly valued as well is guys that have the the right mentality to succeed at the NBA level, not be... Not shrink to the moment because you're going up against the the Lakers at Staples Center and you're opening up the preseason. You know, just do their thing. Uh, and David Duke Jr. certainly did his thing. And you know, it was I mentioned early on how there was, he was fighting his moment. You know, he got blocked by uh, I can't remember if it was AD or if it was DeAndre. But I'm like, what's it? How's that going to affect his you know his mindset going forward? But he continued to just play. You know, put it behind him, one play at a time mentality. Um, and you know, he got a, a three point opportunity, a three play opportunity as well. So. Shows strength, really good body for a kid of his age. In fact, you can say that about all the guys, apart from probably Kess Express, who I think is still filling out a little bit. Because, yeah, Daron Sharp looks good. Cam Thomas is certainly filling out. Um, but, yeah, David Duke Jr., Nick, I'm, I'm hoping he's on the Nets team and hoping we can follow him going forward. And we might have to do a, a Long Island Nets uh, Patreon podcast because we'll be following him and Kessler Edwards pretty goddamn closely. Uh, the content will go for days here on the buzz. Uh, we've got plenty of it. Yeah, I mean, it'll be really fun to see how he develops. And like you said, it looks like he's going to probably end up that two-way spot, continuing playing the way he's playing. Another Nets young guy, obviously high expectations this year, was Nick Claxton. Not necessarily his best game. Three points, one of four from the field. You know, fouled out in this one. Only had three rebounds. Did have uh, two blocks. But Clax obviously got picked on by the refs with that moving screen stuff that they're going to focus on this season. There was just a couple plays offensively where he just doesn't look quite as polished. But again, there were still a couple defensive flashes, you know, ISO situations against Anthony Davis and just using some of that mobility. Yeah, the, I think that was probably the highlight from the game where he forced AD to take the, the mid-range fadeaway. If, you, if you're doing that, that's a win. Um, but then at the same time, there was another possession where Anthony Edwards was like, oh, I've got 20 kilos on you. I'm going to bully you down low. So it's... Strength might still be an issue for Nicholas Claxton, but, you know, obviously we know how uh, incredible of a wing guard defender he is despite his size. Uh, and, yeah, the screening for Manic is, is the thing that did stick out because we spoke about that, you know, previously in, in, in games last season where, you know, he, he was just moving and, and you sort of compare that to, you know, Bruce Brown, you compare that to a Paul Millsap and Lamarcus Aldridge where those guys just stood, they were sturdy, they, they made the contact and then they moved quickly. Whereas after the point where Clax had the early three or four fouls, it seemed like he was slipping a lot. He wasn't yeah. really making contact on a lot of the screens, and he does look almost good avoiding it. Yeah, and I think that you know there was a hesitation to it. And look, it makes sense. You don't want a goddamn foul out in, in eight minutes. You don't want to be in sort of respect. But um, I, I thought Clax, it, it wasn't his best performance. But as Steve Nash said, you put this one away uh, and you learn from it and you go forward because. You know, we want we have the utmost faith in Clack City, um, but it's going to be a, a tough time for him earning those rotation minutes because, like we've mentioned plenty of times, the front court is stacked. But he, I think he's shown enough that he can be out there in two big lines because of his ability to switch to guard down a position or two or three um, in, in a lot of respects. So, look, not a great game from from Clack City, but you you put this one away and you move on to the next one. And like you mentioned earlier, he is a guy that benefits with having a true playmaker on the floor. You know, as much as Cam Thomas might be that guy someday, he's scoring for himself more so in these situations. You know, with playing with a James Harden, even a Kyrie and a Kevin Durant or a Patty Mills, even a Joe Harris to an extent, a guy that likes to drive and drop it off to the big. You know, it might be easier for Clack. So preseason basketball, clean up the fouling stuff, figure that situation out. But Dayron Sharp, Jack, you told me you liked the way that he played in this one. 13 points, four or seven for the field, five or seven from the free throw line, six rebounds, three offensive. 
What'd you like from Dayron Sharp? He brought what he the glimpses and and from the draft and from summer league in terms of his strength, in terms of his elite rebounding, and was just not afraid. Got a goddamn elbow from the elbow to the face from the goddamn goon Dwight Howard, and then James Harden was uh, a little bit cheeky getting the tech on him as well. Uh, God, I love James Harden, <laughs> uh, but I also love I'm down with Sharp because you know a lot of people after that, you know it. It sort of reminded me a little bit of Jared Allen, you know, getting, you know, really physically outmatched by Joel Embiid and him talking shit with uh, the Aussie bloke who I will not mention on this podcast. Uh, but Daywon Sharp, you know, is just like, all right, my lift's bleeding here. I want to come out there and I'm going to bully you because he was out-rebounding, out-muscling Dwight Howard. Like, he was yeah. outplaying him. Um, and it was the, the Dwight He's Howard. bigger than Dwight. He is a big, big kid. And that's what he is. He's still a kid. Um, he, he, oh, but the rebounding, obviously, six boards, three three offensive ones. But I think the the big thing that I saw from him that we probably didn't see a lot of, Nick, is the free throw form looked quite solid. Um, and maybe that's another Kyle Corver thing that we've yeah. seen. We'll probably t- chat a little bit later about you know his impact on clacks. Um, that's been taken away from, from training camp and such. But... He seems to be the, the assistant coach that's sort of standing out and such, but the free throw form looked good. Um, he's just a, a goddamn monster of a man. Um, I, I think, you know, he's still a, a handsy defender. Um, he's not necessarily the greatest rim protector in the world, but, you know, he just he, he looked like a, a man amongst boys when it came to the closing moments of that game, and he just utilized his strengths and then some. Yeah, just got to develop the other aspects of his game, maybe improve the mobility or get a better understanding, especially like some of these vets have. Like even a guy like LaMarcus Aldridge, who we can talk about, not necessarily the most mobile player at this point in his career, but understands kind of where he can be and utilize his size. I think he has a little bit more length than Dayron Sharp. But what do you think of Aldridge tonight? Seven, uh, sorry, six points, two of six in the field, 0 of two from three, two of two from the free throw line, four rebounds, three assists, and one block. It was just good to see him out there, Nick. Yep. You know, the, I think that that was the the biggest thing, obviously, given all the everything that happened with the um, the uh, sudden heart. retirements yep. and, and with the heart problems and such. To see him out there playing basketball, I'm like, hey, that's LMA right there hitting that mid range shot like it's goddamn butter. Um, so I, I think that I don't really care about analyzing the fullest extent of his game and what it can sort of fit like going forward because for me. It's it's a bigger than basketball to sort of see him out there. I just had a bit of a my heart flooded a little bit seeing him out there and, and producing in a way that I thought was just like yep old school LMA. He's going to fit in just fine. And um, I, I, Steve Nash obviously was really complimentary of him as well. Uh, really good to see Aldridge back out there in a book and Nets uniform. Unfinished business. Yeah, I mean, he looked good. Like, I thought he looked comfortable. He looked like the same guy, obviously, and knocked down all the shots, but just kind of being on the floor in a basketball situation looked healthy and kind of making the movements. And I thought, like, you can see some of the aspects where he'll be really effective as a Nets, you know, offensive player just with a pick and pop because he's going to stretch the floor and just kind of even, you know, dribble handoffs or whatever it might be. He's another big body. Like, he's a big body like DeAndre is, except he has more offensive skill, which allows you to kind of do more things. And we got a glimpse of that last year, but the team wasn't really fully healthy. So, like you said, biggest takeaway for him, being back in the floor, being healthy, and, you know, just moving well in terms of, like, not having any type of issue like that. So I'm really happy for Aldridge and what he can do with the Nets this year. Big time. Big time. Really good to see LA back in an NBA uniform, let alone a Nets one. Jack, anybody else you want to talk about or anything else you want to mention from this one? 
Mate, we've got to give some love to the former Laker, Devontae Kaycock, please. Kaycock exploded tonight. <laughs> there were so many goddamn Kaycock memes and, and, and references. I actually thought he looked okay out there. You know, I, I liked his energy. Um, he just looked to have a purpose and, and an aggression about him. You know, he, he just did a lot of really nice things out there on the floor. So, you know, nine points, had a dime, uh, had a steal, had two boards, four or five from the field, hit a three ball two. Not sure if he's going to be long for the Brooklyn Nets, but he's certainly proving himself to be you know, NBA player. He played, I think, 21 games or so for the Lakers last year. I think that this might be two bigger and better things for him beyond the Brooklyn Nets, but he showed some stuff where it's just like, hey, other NBA teams, 29 other GMs or whatever. Look what I can still do out here. Um, he's got something. I liked him. Yeah, I mean, possible two-way for somebody else. Maybe he ends up with the Long Island Nets. Who really knows? There's some different possibilities, but that's what you need to do when you're, you know, end of the roster training camp deal. You know you're not really going to make the team. Just kind of go up there and showcase yourself. Yeah, Kaycock played hard. Yeah, that's what you want to do. <laughs> doing a little too much, Jack. No. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot, man. I got a lot. I'm, uh, I'm good with the puns, but I'll, I'll keep them in, in the suitcase for a little bit later. Yeah, we'll see maybe preseason game too. But anything other takeaways from this one? Obviously, the Nets pulled away late in the fourth quarter in this one, but we're up pretty much the entire game. Yeah, the big takeaway for me, Nick, was having to not have access to the Yes app being here in Australia <laughs> to listen to the absolute uh, drudgery of the Lakers commentary and then the the freaking preseason replay and the whole Dwight Howard review thing yeah. took like, 20 freaking minutes and it's just like man I could have like a I could have had a nap in between and the the time that it took for for that whole thing to sort itself out but you know hopefully the the Bucks game you know hopefully I get to have access to you know the the net real uh, network Brady and Frank Gisola and, and whoever else um also did hear It'd be remiss with us uh, to not mention uh, the fact that Steve Nash was asked about Kyrie Irving's status and you know he said there's no updates there so I guess we'll see if he's playing against the Milwaukee Bucks. Obviously, the three superstars were on the bench. Hoodie season, looking pretty good in the, the gray, green, and, and yellow. So I don't expect Kyrie to probably play. But, hey, Andrew Wiggins got his vaccine. Maybe Kyrie's next. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, obviously, you know, we discussed the situation already, but it's kind of a wait-and-see thing. Like, there's a couple of options in which it could go. Obviously, the best one would be if he is vaccinated, plays all these games with the Nets, and the only time he misses is just rest. We don't know if it's going to be a case. Is it going to drag out? Is he going to get vaccinated later in the season, or is he going to miss all the home games? Who really knows at this point? We'll jump into it when we get more solidified news on that aspect. But, Jack, maybe a couple of topics from training camp this week. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably piggyback off to where we were, Nick. And um, in an interview uh, with Joe Tsai, um, he, he alluded to, I guess, the the big elephant in the room being Kyrie Irving. And he said, Kyrie talks about it as sort of a personal choice issue, which I respect. But all we all need to not forget that what our goal is. What is our goal this year, our purpose this year? It's very, very clear. Win a championship. And the championship needs to have everybody pulling in the same direction. So I hope to see Kyrie play play fully and win a championship together with everybody else, with all his teammates. That's the best outcome for everybody. I think also Joe Sire is coming from a, a personal vantage point where, you know, he provided access. He's been pretty forthright in, in his vaccination, you know, views and such, as have we and stuff. But, you know, I think that this is hopefully a situation that sorts itself out soon enough. And I think that's the, the big thing, you know, uh, and look, KD isn't worried about it. I think that's probably the, hopefully the main thing. Hopefully we don't have to keep hearing about it from the national media and the same question over and over and over. 
But at the end of the day, until it's resolved, it's going to be a question uh, without an answer. So, uh, and I want to see Kyrie get paid as well. So hopefully Kyrie gets the, the vaccine whenever he needs to. Um, and hopefully that is sooner rather than later. Yeah, I felt like that was a little pressure from Joe Sy, you know, especially to come out and say it publicly and say like, hey, I respect what he's, you know, his opinion and his choice. But at the end of the day, we're trying to win a championship. And like you said, that definitely is probably directly correlated to the contract extension, maybe to some extent, because you don't want to give a guy all this money if he's not going to play half the season for arguably, you know, not even arguably the biggest year in franchise history. Yeah, for sure. So, um <laughs> Again, figure it out. Let's. Um, I don't want to have to keep talking about this on the podcast. Hopefully, it isn't something we have to keep talking about. And we get to speak about Devontae Kaycock, and I can make some more <laughs> really weird, inappropriate puns on this podcast. Sorry to the people at Blue Wire. Um, please let me keep uh, recording with my guy, Nick. Uh, but in terms of the other training camp stuff, Nick, I think the big takeaway was uh, the Kyle Corver was the talk of the town. and Not and the Nick highlight reels? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, the, the highlight reel was, I mean, I put it out, I'm like, damn, everyone tweeted it. Every single person that is a Nets follower from you to goddamn everyone that I know that uh, follows the Brooklyn Nets was making some sort of reference to being like Harlem Globetrotters. I personally went with the 1992 Dream Team scrimmages. You know, we saw Kyrie Irving with the incredibly ambidextrous finish. You mentioned DeAndre Bembry with the highlights. KD doing his hang sort of pull up, which is, again, my I mentioned my favorite move. That'll be a podcast dropping very soon that you guys will love. The superstar previews, which we'll be uh, getting on to. But in terms of uh, Kyle Corvin, Nick, what do you are you seeing the results already? What do you think about you know his relationship, him forming a bit of a connection um, with uh, Nick Claxton? Because uh, this was what was said. I'm told the priority for him, the way he worked with other shooters on the team, Joe Harris's the Joe Harris's of the world, Nicholas Claxton, big man on the team who can learn a lot from Kyle Korver when it comes to free throw shooting and overall shooting. I think we're seeing some of those results already. I mentioned Daron Sharp looked, looked pretty nice in terms of his form. Maybe he's having an impact on Bruce Brown too, but we saw Bruce probably doing work before uh, camp even started. Uh, I think Kyle Korver, you know, whatever he's getting paid as a consultant or whatever, we might see some results and then some. Yeah, I'm not sure we'll see results now. Obviously, he hasn't necessarily been with the team that long just this summer. So, you know, there could be a couple little changes and adjustments to shots, but I think it's more of the long-term impact, specifically with a guy like Nick Claxton. And I think in some of the article, I think it was Alex Schiffer who did an article about Kyle Korver working with Nick Claxton over the summer, meeting him even like before his camp, and Claxton talking about how Kyle Korver was just a guy that he could really connect with and really explain things in kind of an easy way to understand. So he was kind of vibing with Claxton and that's really promising because there's not many guys you'd rather have trained Nick Claxton with his jumper than, you know, one of the best shooters that we've seen in the last 20 years from uh, just a three-point shooting perspective. Yeah, I think that's the value you get out of guys who are just out of the game too. You know, yeah. they're, they're, they're still pretty fresh. You know, I mean, he was pretty much, you know, a Milwaukee buck, it feels like, yesterday. Um, and, and what he was doing there was basically coaching sort of stuff. So, and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll throw out the quote, Nick, um, that you were sort of alluding to. And this is what this is from Clax. Everything that he does is easy for me to understand. His body of work, what he did, speaks for itself. But everything is relatable. He knows how to get through. So hopefully we see some of those glimpses and signs getting through soon enough. Um, obviously, Kyle Corver can't teach you how to scream. Um, but he can certainly teach you how to take some uh, amazing threes as well as free throws. Because... I think that's we 
We speak about free throws like a goddamn sicko, Nick. I think we mentioned about Cam Thomas every summer league game yeah. has been for me like the thing that stuck out the most. He was taking double digit free throws and obviously mentioned DeAndre Bembry today as well. Um, maybe Kyle Cole will have a little bit of a word to to Bembry and, and, and work on his form a little bit there. But yeah, I, I think Kyle Corver is going to be a nice addition to this team. I do too. I think even just as a veteran presence to have kind of around like a positive guy always seemed like he was very well liked by teammates. So just another, you know, good person to have for the organization. Yeah, absolutely. So look, we'll see how his role continues to to develop with this team. Obviously, you know, preseason still underway, so he'll probably have a, a big impact right now and the season going forward. But Nick, the last one I wanted to bring to you was uh, a bit of a quote from James Harden talking about you know, just how training camp has been going and, and the vibes in the locker room and such. I know you mentioned Chris Carino um, in, in, from Nets Radio speak about some some pretty positive things in term, terms of the chemistry. Seems like James Harden is leading that, uh, and I quote, I'll try to get guys together for dinners and hangouts more often just so we can get to know each other more outside of the court. We've got a fairly quiet group. Most of the guys are, the, are to themselves. They stay in their own little shells. It'll be nice to get them out, open up a little bit, even myself. I'm not that loud, but I'm more loud than anybody on this team, like Millsap, LaMarcus, Patty, KD. You've got a lot of guys who are just to themselves, so it's my job to open them up a little bit more. Good leadership there from James Harden, uh, but hopefully he's uh, not doing too many and uh, distracting activities with the guys. Dinners, I don't know what hangouts means, but you know the dinners sound good. Yo, as long as the team's vibing and they're winning games, Jack, let them do what they want. They want to go to the strip club with James Harden? Do it all you, you said want. it, not me. You said it, not me. Hey, whatever leads to winning. <laughs> I, look, I'm a, I'm a fan of this. I, I just think that... <laughs> I thought I'm, you were going to say I'm a fan of script clubs. To each their own at the end of the day. But in, in all honesty, you could, I, I, we've heard about, you know, James Harden's leadership and everything. It seems to me that he's he's a, he's a man on a mission. You know, he wants yep. to get this together. He wants to understand them. You know, I, I don't think chemistry is the, the biggest factor that, that leads to success, but I, it certainly can't hurt. And you know, getting to know you guys behind the scenes and... You know, there was a, a wonderful article on Patty Mills in, in an Australian publication that I, I highly recommend everyone searching up and and looking for. So just understanding that there's a lot of new pieces. This is an incredibly new Brooklyn Nets team, you know, whether that be the young guys, whether that be the vet guys. So, you know, you can tell that the, the, there's a lot of introverts on this team, um, and, but having, you know, and we've even spoken about, you know, Kyrie Irving having the impact on Cam Thomas, James Johnson, the same sort of thing. I'm glad I'm glad for his own benefit and for the Nets' benefit and for Dwight Howard's benefit that James Johnson wasn't healthy today because <laughs> that elbow, uh, you can uh, imagine what James Johnson would have done in return. Yeah, no, definitely. I think there's there's a lot of good like leadership signs from James Harden too and like you said with James Johnson and just kind of all these things and pushing two guys being more positive. And I think even James Harden mentioned something about like the quiet guys, how he wants them to come out of their shell so they communicate a little bit more on the floor too. So hopefully kind of more development as that kind of comes across in training camp because this is a fairly new team. Like a lot of these guys haven't logged a ton of games together. Obviously some of them already have off the court relationships, but for the most part, you know, you look at James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Bruce Brown, Joe Harris, you know, Blake Griffin really played a lot of games together, but a lot of the other guys weren't around or even Nick Claxton was a guy who probably played a good amount of minutes last year. Katie missed a lot of time and a lot of other new faces. Absolutely. So, it's always just easier to, to know how a person works in their work environment when you know them in their non-work environment. So yep. hopefully the, you know, the, the understanding, the, the camaraderie continues to happen. It's a couple of days in between, you know, training camp probably still in San Diego before the next return uh, to base the, the Milwaukee Bucks on Friday, I believe. Yep. Yep. So yeah, there's plenty of time to get the bonding happening.
100%. Jack, anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here? No, mate, just uh, make sure the five stars, the subscriptions keep flowing through. Um, we've got episodes that will be popping out during the week. You know, as well, we've got the, as we alluded to, the, the superstar previews will be dropping sooner rather than later as well. Um, if you want the, the game recap, we'll be recapping the Bucks game as well, no matter what the result is. So the recaps have already begun. They started in summer league, for God's sake. So we're, 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 <laughs> they never we're in a bit end. of a flow. Yeah, never end. They never end. We're in a good flow. We're in a good vibe. Uh, content is going to be flowing. It's all like the Blue Wire Network, whether it's Matt Brooks, whether it's Nick Faye. We got content for days when it comes to the Brooklyn Nets. 100%. Jack, always a pleasure. Big thanks, everybody, for listening. Check the buzz on all streaming platforms. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.